Welcome, friend, to the trifecta of joy. What is the trifecta? Awareness, befriending your inner critic, and raising your vibration. This podcast is about you, your life, your adventure, and how to live it juicy. Our show is an invitation to help, to honor your unique life journey, have empathy for the stickiness that is your human experience, to build a space of truly loving yourself and creating presence so you can live with more joy. We're in this together, connected, sharing, and adventuring through life, even the tough stuff. So let's do it with joy, shall we? Welcome, friends, to the trifecta of joy, and I am so excited to have you here and to be sharing space with Caitlin. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Caitlin, we have been on quite a ride together, um, working together in perfectly imperfect life coaching, and uh, today I wanted to have you here to have a conversation about this crazy endeavor I've been on and where we are right now. So the big news is that the trifecta of joy, help yourself in a world of change. My first book is coming out soon and available for pre-order now. (sighs) Right? I know. (laughs) It, It is so exciting. It is so exciting. And so in that process, though, you were one of the first people to read the manuscript. And so yes. having read it, I thought it would be cool to have just kind of a conversation about your experience reading it. One, I'm so honored to be one of the first people to read it. Uh, read it three times already. Um, it was just such a beautiful experience because I've known you all 26 years of my life and I felt like I got to know you so much better. And reading all the things you've been through yes, you've helped me so much through my stuff, but trying to read it from a standpoint of someone who hasn't had the opportunity to work with you. um, I feel like you just get so much hope reading that book. You've been through so many things and the way you've gone through all of those things and you've interacted with each of those things is so much different than if I put myself in that position. Um, You and I were talking about your first conversation with Source and I just, the way you handled that situation was such, I'm sure in the moment it didn't feel like grace, but reading back on it, like that would never be my thoughts if my husband tragically died. Well, and it's so interesting, right? Because in my heart, I had such a I had such a non-relationship with God, source, the universe, whatever you wanted to call it. And yet I've, and yet I also sort of felt a spiritual connection always. So it's, it's very interesting because for me, it was a dichotomy and I didn't believe that, like, I didn't believe in God. So therefore I was just like, I'm spiritual and didn't really touch it. And that night when I sat on that beach and I write about it, But when I sat on that beach and I was watching other couples walking by in bliss and I was basked in my own feelings of desperation, like I was so angry. Like I really was. I was saying, fuck you, God, like, fuck you. And at the same time, I was begging for help. 
because I was just like, I knew, I, I knew I couldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And, and in that moment, as angry as I was, like, I remember it just like I asked, I asked source for a way forward to live with grace and gratitude and joy. And I didn't know how, but I knew that I had to trust it. And like, you know, and, and that I think is something that, that, you know, you know, you were talking when we were talking about, about it, you said, you know, how I went to that place. How, how do you think you may have experienced that? I mean, nobody can ever put themselves in that, those shoes. Right. But no, no one can put themselves in those shoes. And like the only, we've talked a little bit on one of the episodes that I had been on like my partner's suicide attempt. And I know what shoes I put myself in then. And I just went into turtle mode. Really? I went into my shell. Like I was just mad. I was angry. I went into helping mode. I went into, because I, I had something to fix. So I think in that situation, I just go into full desperation and sadness, really. I just, I could never imagine myself reacting in the, okay, like, source, what are we going to do? Well, and you know what? I think it's really important to acknowledge that what you described is also what happened for me. Like, so Mm -hmm. I sat on that beach and I asked source for help but I was in such a space of trauma that everything was compartmentalized. And again, like I talk about compartmentalizing it in my book, because that's a coping mechanism. Sometimes that's the only thing we have. And it was like, what are the three things I need to do in the next five hours? Like, Mm -hmm. like literally, and some of them were as basic as remember to feed my kids, remember to pay my bills. So my electricity and heat don't get cut off. Right. Like, like you do go into that kind of do survival mode, I think. And, and, and that's okay. To, it's okay for that to be part of the process. It, it's just that if autopilot goes on for too long, it gets dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think a lot of people get, when such trauma happens, a lot of people get stuck in that autopilot for a very, very, very long time. And it just takes, almost another traumatic event to break that autopilot. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that can be the challenge. You know, if people really allow themselves to process their trauma, to work through their stuff, to seek therapy and coaching, the beautiful thing is, is that they don't have to have those massive traumas arrive. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's partly the point of the trifecta of joy is because, you know, what actually happened is from that place forward, a lot of things happened and it came to a space for me of hitting burnout, which was very severe and, and realizing at that point that I really had to make a change that was going to be for the good, for the better, and it needed to be easy. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what the trifecta of joy is. It's, it's that process of building your awareness befriending your inner critic and raising your vibration and ways to move through it, like actual ways to move through it. And of course, there's lots of talk about perfectionism, right? Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. if, if, for example, you go back and listen, and this is, this is the truth. If you go back and listen to the introduction to season number two, which is the podcast right before this one. So now everybody's going to go back and listen to it. It ends with me reading something off a card. And there was more. And it disappeared into the universe. And I will tell you, the awareness of learning that was like the perfectionist in me lost her mind. Okay. Now, here's the thing I'm like, I, and I started shitting all over myself. And I talk about shitting in the book. And Mm -hmm. I should all over myself, like I should be refixing that I should be redoing it that I I should have checked it, I should have should have, and it was like, whoa, right, my inner critic Deja was losing her mind. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm telling you the biggest pot of crap stew was being served. And I had like, I was taking it with a ladle. Like it was ridiculous, Caitlin. Do your listeners know what Deja looks like? Oh my God. Well, I describe her in the book and she's basically, she is, Deja is my inner critic's name and she is the most sexy, coiffed, sleek, beautiful maitre d' at a five-star restaurant dressed in black, like the most perfectly form-fitting suit. Like she's just stunning. Black hair, slick in a tight bun, red lipstick. She's like, she's just immaculate. And she serves me shit stew. And and so anyway, this week, she's been giving me the stew. And she's like, I'm not even just picking at it. I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. however, right? However, what people will notice if they go back is I made the decision, the conscious decision to let it go. I am perfectly imperfect. Mm -hmm. If someone is really curious what that's about and they decide not to follow from this point forward, that is their choice. I know I'm not going to be for everyone anyway. Right. And so that inner critic then, you know, even in wanting to fight with me, I'm like, "Mm," and I get to choose. And this is my choice and it's done. And now I'm talking about it. Like, I didn't think I would ever talk about it. Like, oh, you're not even what? talking about it. You're promoting it. I know. Right. You know, and though the point is, is that we are all perfectly imperfect and, and nobody, nobody needs to be striving for something that's going to hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what I love? is you're not a do as I say, not as I do person. Like through the book, through this conversation, you are modeling what you are teaching. You're not just saying it, you're living it. And like, I think that's pretty badass. You could have changed it and then told everybody, be perfectly imperfect, it's okay. But instead it's just there and it's okay. And you have the conversations with yourself like we all would have in that situation. And 99% of us would have went back and changed it. It's okay, but you're practicing what you preach, and that's that's more than okay. That's so much better. Because how's anyone supposed to trust a person? Do as I say, not as I do. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. That's a good point. 
thank you for that. For how is someone supposed to trust someone who says, do as I say, not as I do? Because, you know, like building that self-trust has been such a huge piece of this process, right? And and building self-trust is 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 living intentionally and 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 just paying attention to the little pieces that make life good, make life worthy. And, and, you know, and even the little things like, like the habits you have or the people you interact with or whatever it is, building that trust within, Mm -hmm. to me, that has put me in a place where I'm ready to share this very vulnerable piece of me with the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not just the stories, like the stories the stories are the stories. They're there for examples. They're there to, to, to connect and Mm -hmm. and to say, Hey, like, I love you. I've been there. And for people, I'm human. And so are you. And we're in this together. Mm -hmm. Right. And also there are tools in there. Like Mm -hmm. the tools are the important piece. It's like, you know, you might remember the story, but then you might apply the tools. Yeah. And, and that's really what matters to me is that people see this as a springboard into their own lives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a wonderful set of foundational tools within the book to create some momentum in people's lives. It's not just stories about your life there's definitely a lot of tools and great knowledge sprinkled in throughout the whole thing yeah and and you know like that was that was a big piece of this is like what is the trifecta of joy and how do you create that for yourself and it doesn't mean you're farting rainbows right the trifecta of joy is living life intentionally Mm -hmm. and and living life intentionally with honor empathy love and presence in a world that is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. You've experienced so much change in the last few years. And reality is, is that we're going to continue to experience change. Oh, and yeah. so it's like, how do we, how do we live intentionally and enjoy life as it is and still create what we want from it? So. Yeah. And I think, I think it's actually quite the opposite. Like it's not promoting life's rainbows and sunshine and unicorns and all that I find reading it and applying the tools it doesn't make my life rainbows and sunshine it just it makes it so I can cope and deal and move through the hard sticky stuff and come out smiling instead of having the weight of you know 5,000 bricks on you and just feeling so much more down, right? There's a way to move through it in a more intentional space. And you're giving yourself grace through it. And you're not shitting and shitting all over yourself through these hard times. You're just, it's okay. We've got this. We'll get through it. It, yeah. it, it allows you to move through things in a more, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it is a more positive sense. Really, it is which makes it sound like rainbows and sunshine again, but it just lightens things, lightens things up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and again, like, that's why 
this podcast was originally called Lighten Up and Unstuck Your What the Fuck, right? Because it is about lightening up through the what the fucks, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that is that that's what I talk about. And and it some of it is so simple, right? Like the vibrational piece, you know, that we that we started out talking about about my conversation with source. And now talking about vibration again, there are so many elements to the ways that we can raise our vibration in simple things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and whether it's prayer and meditation, or it's what we're watching on TV or the music we're listening to, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and, and really that space of recognizing that we are all as human beings, perfectly imperfect, flawed and capable of living a life that is intentional with that awareness befriending the inner critic so we can feel good about ourselves with ourselves like align that inner and outer world mm-hmm. right and then and then shine like raise our vibration and shine because that is that is the point like yeah. really when we get right down to it You know, I am, my purpose in this life is to inspire hope. Hope translates to action. I say that right in the book. It's a, it's a David Suzuki quote that I put in the book and I, it aligns so deeply with me because to me, hope is inspiring people to take action, to be intentional in their lives. And so inspiring people to be intentional in their lives in this simple way and giving people a blueprint for it and being able to say like when you find and hit those what the ass there's a way forward without hitting that horrific burnout yes right like the horror of of hitting another trauma and another tragedy without moving through something and then that compression of them building that's what I, I, I want people to be able to get ahead of for themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just speaking from like the current position I'm in, I feel like the principles of it really are helpful to staying ahead of burnout. You know, I've come out of a major burnout. I am like toe in the line of going back in right now, but I'm staying afloat and I mean afloat in the most positive sense right like it's not I'm scrambling and scrambling like my feet are going crazy under the water like I'm floating and it's okay I am taking care of myself we had this conversation before we even hopped on this week is absolutely nuts I am working full-time and then I'm working full-time on top of my full-time and I'm being very intentional about doing the things still to take care of myself because those things keep me from burnout. And those things are the things that I've learned through the trifecta of joy. Thank you. And, and, and well, and when I say thank you, I say that from two different places. Like I say, thank you for appreciating the trifecta of joy, but more importantly, thank you for what you're giving yourself, right? Because by showing up for yourself that way, and for recognizing what matters and placing yourself as a priority in the list, even if it's for a few minutes a day, Mm -hmm. it does make a difference. And it makes a difference to you, how you are 
experiencing your life in every way, right down to your rest, right down to, you know, being able to show up for this. Mm -hmm. And it allows you then to be able to shine your light because you have light to shine. You're not pouring from an empty bucket. Mm -hmm. So thank you for, for it, for us. And, and you know what, like, honestly, I'm going to thank you for, for our audience because I'm glad you're here, Mike. And, you know, I'm so glad you're here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. But, and also it's not just for me, right? Like I do it for me, but it affects my people because when I'm whole, my people feel it. When I'm not whole, my people feel it. Yeah. So taking care of ourselves in turn really does take care of others. Yeah. And that, and, and taking care of ourselves doesn't have to be complicated, right? No, not at all. Like, you know, and, and, and we, you know, it's not always a bubble bath or a massage, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it is doing the hard things, sitting down and writing out your feelings instead of eating them. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it is putting your ass in bed 20 minutes earlier than you really want to, because you know that, that you need rest, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be complicated. And a lot of it is how we are really paying attention to our own needs. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's 20 minute workout after an eight hour day of standing and you might not want to, but damn, you feel good after. Yeah. It, and it really isn't complicated and it really doesn't have to take a lot of time because sometimes yeah. a five minute meditation does it. Sometimes I need an hour or something, sometimes a half hour, you know, it just is really being in tune with yourself and what you need and giving Absolutely. yourself it. Well, and, and, you know, like with the resources there, the free resources in the book, you know, we actually give you all kinds of like the people who, who have the book get the free resources and there are all kinds of tools in there, including like how to move through a, the process of, of being intentional in your day for five minutes a day, really, really quickly so that you are starting your day on a high vibration, feeling prepared and ready and, and kind of having more control over your life, but in a way that feels good, right? By doing things like also identifying what you did right each day. Yeah, I think that's a badass way to end your day. <laughs> right? It like, is. Am I starting my day that way or ending it? No, I'm ending it that way. That's how you end your day. Yeah. Like, so, so, you know, even that simple resource can make all the difference in how people are showing up. Right. And, and I, sorry, I have to do just one more little um, thing. Cause when I said resource, I'm so excited about the recipe in the resources. <laughs> it's a damn good recipe. You should just get the book alone for that recipe. I'm just saying. So for those, so for those who don't know, um, cause probably very few listeners would know, um, in, uh, in the resources that are downloadable, uh, there is a recipe from my grandma, um, and she, it was, they're called Joyce's chocolate mountains. And, you know, it's so funny because had I had a daughter, I, I thought I would name her Joyce. 
And just the other day, I was like, how incredibly beautiful that my book is called The Trifecta of Joy, which of course, joy is rooted in her name. So I just, I'm excited about that. Grandma's Chocolate Mountains. Oh, so oh it'll be good. I have a question for you. What? What was your favorite part of the book to write? I'm curious about that. I have two questions. That's my first one. Oh, my favorite part of the book to write. I think my favorite part of the book to write was about my high council. Yeah, that was a really touching thing to read. I I had a cry. So um, my high council, I talk about being aware of who your people are Mm -hmm. as something that is very, very important vibrationally. And so I talk about my high council and I do a dedication to my high council and to my girls. And in, in that, I recognize that there are some people who are no longer a part of my high council that I love dearly and, and really acknowledge that sometimes we have to let go. Mm-hmm. So writing that piece about my high council and the importance of them and who they are for me was really beautiful for me to be able to really honor and reflect on who those people are. And to invite people to go to a space of really recognizing who those people are and why they are and what they bring to your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really like the way you phrase it. Like they're the people that they could call you at 2am, ask for $20,000, bring a shovel and you'd be there. I think I think though, for whatever reason, that's a really good way to find, to define it. Cause I sat back and I looked at my life and I said, who would I genuinely show up for? And who would genuinely show up for me? The table's yeah. small, but it's, it's intimate and it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I recognize that my, my high council might be a little larger than some. And well, you're um, a little bit of a social butterfly. Right. I am a little bit of a social butterfly. And for me, it was, you know, I recognize that when I built my high council, when I actually became conscious of this concept of building my high council, I was in a place where I was like, okay, I'm a solo parent. I've got two little kids and I need to know like when, when, if, if, if shit really does hit the fan, who do I have and why are those my people and why would I do the same for them? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so for me, it was that, that process really of getting so clear. So that was, yeah. So that was my favorite part to write. Definitely. I love that. It was one of my favorite parts to read too. I just, it just, it tells you a lot about a person. I like it. It was good. It was beautiful. What, what did you learn about yourself while you wrote this book? Oh God. Okay. So let's talk about what I learned because I, the process of writing a book is very, very, very much about truly the trifecta of joy, right? Because, because you have to bring your awarenesses together, right? In Mm -hmm. stories and in, in, information and in teachings and and you bring it all together and then and then you've got this thing called a manuscript and 
as you're writing, your inner critic is doing the thing. I don't know why I keep saying you, because my inner critic, as I was writing, my inner critic kept doing the thing. And so, you know, in that process, I was really living it. And I, and I honestly, I continue to live it. I'm going to be honest. I really Mm do. And I also, because of that awareness of my inner critic, because I know that she's, you know, really trying to say some stuff to me about how this is a ridiculous endeavor. And, and I'm like, no, this is meant to land on hearts. Like Mm -hmm. this is my heart for hearts. And I know there are a lot of people out there that are hurting. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are a lot of helpers out there who have nothing left to give. And it comes back to the acronym of help, honor, empathy, love, and presence. The, The best way we can help others is by showing up that way. And unless we have it for ourselves, it's very hard to pour from an empty bucket. So mm-hmm. it's that process of, of, of giving that to ourselves, right? And so, and that's that vibration rise, right? Like that's what jacks me about this book is that I'm like, people are going to read this and they're going to be inspired to, to become more aware. And they're going to be inspired to pay attention to the things that matter. They're going to get connected with their values. They're going to be like, oh my God. Tanya actually dated a guy that she called slippers. (laughs) And then they're going to go back in their own life and go, holy crap, I've also had slippers. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, you know, like that to me is where the power is. The power is in how people are connecting with themselves through this. And, and that to me is why I keep taking the steps and trust that this is meant to land on the hearts that it does. And it will. And it will. And it will. And it will. So it's been a learning process. Like it is a learning process. And it's a humbling process because when you go through that editing process, you also, you know, start to question your writing ability and all of the things. So. Oh yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, it was really, it's really about, I wanted people to be able to experience my voice in words in their hands. Mm -hmm. And and then for those words to touch their hearts. And if that, and if that happens, then, then my job, exactly. Then my job is done. And I want them to pass the book on. I want them to share it. That to me is also really important. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I just on the, the topic of sharing really quickly, something that's really important to me about this book is that we are always given an opportunity to share. And so I've always been a supporter of Woods Homes Youth Shelter. And the reason I'm a supporter of them is because they, they provide kids a place that is safe when home may not be or the streets aren't. And, you know, like if something is going on and a kid is safest in a shelter than they are on somebody's couch, then 
then those places need to exist. And, and the beautiful thing about the shelter is it's a resource. It's a resource where kids can find that one caring adult, someone who might be able to make a difference and help them be able to create better outcomes in their lives. So the youth shelter is important to me. And because it's important to me, 2% of the book sales go directly to Woods Homes Youth Shelter. And that will be for the life of the book. And that makes me excited. Because I, I know that that makes a difference to kids. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm excited about that too. And on a future podcast, I'm going to be interviewing the program director of Woods Homes so that we can actually talk about the shelter. So I'm very excited about that. Okay. My love, this has been a beautiful conversation. Thank you for reading it several times. <laughs> and I'll probably read it several more. Well, that tells me something. Either you love me a lot or you actually enjoyed it. I think it tells you both. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and, and listening to us chat a little bit about my upcoming book, The Trifecta of Joy. Um, if you would like to pre-order your copy, there is a link in the show notes for you. And thank you again so much for joining us. We appreciate you and we love you. Go ahead and shine. Mwah! Mwah! Thank you for listening, my friend. We are deeply grateful you chose to be here. I trust that this has invited you, even if in some small way, to deepen your awareness, befriend your inner critic, and raise your vibration. Please follow us, leave a review, and share this podcast with a friend. If you have any ideas or feedback, please reach out. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. You are loved.